On today's Lockdown Socks, I fix Major League Baseball. Yeah, really. You are Locked On White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Socks. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're free and available on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Socks. And you can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. I have to apologize. I think in the last episode, this is, uh, you know, my mom and I, not to brag, my mom and I talk. Uh, and uh, she said that I mentioned that Sean had three letters, which would be incorrect. I've been spelling this name for 24 years, still getting it wrong. S-E-A-N, that's four letters. And finally, real quick before we get into Locked on Socks, today's January 24th episode. It's Monday, by the way. You probably already know. Thank you for everyone who reached out uh, in regards to me leaving the score. It was a very big decision in my life, but I'm excited for my future, and I'm excited about this community, and I'm excited about this podcast, and I'm excited about the White Sox. So all in all, it is a good thing. And on today's Locked on Socks, I will update you about two things, both that are very important to the White Sox and baseball at large, the lockout and the Hall of Fame ballot that will be announced on January 25th. I'll give you a preview into that ballot. I'll tell you how good old buddy, old pal Mark Burley is doing in the ballot race for 2022. And then with the lockout, I'll give you an update. They're about to meet today, Monday. So I'll give you an update on where they're at and what possibly might be proposed and talked about today. And since we have more uh, emails today on the Monday mailbag, it's going to be more of some news with mail mixed in. Got it? Good? Cool? It's going to be fun, I promise. And let's open up that mailbag, and we're going to start off with the 309 Morton, Illinois, a.k.a. the pumpkin capital of the world. Melissa from the 309 writes in and says, Hi, Sean. I love listening to the podcast in the morning when I take my son to school. That's awesome. I have a lot of memories when uh, my mom would drive me to school, and we'd be listening to uh, 101.9 The Mix. I don't need to mention the uh, the show name because the guy isn't the greatest person in the world. But those memories uh, led me here. So uh, you never know uh, where this might lead your son, you know. A lot of great memories made in the back seat. Uh, she says, I have a 70-minute ride round trip, so thanks for making it go by so quickly. You're welcome. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, she says, I need White Sox therapy, don't we all? After listening to the episode regarding the lockout, I realized how salty I am. I just had graduated college in May of 1994 and was in graduate school when the strike prevented the Sox from going to the playoffs in 94. I had so rarely seen them play good baseball in my lifetime, amen, and I was mad. The Sox were much better in 1994 than they were in 1993, and I truly believe they were destined to go deep in the 1994 playoffs. So I guess a part of me is still hung over from 94, as as more time passes, it gets harder and harder to tolerate what I now am feeling as utter disrespect that both the MLB and Players Union has for the fans. What the fans had to endure in the 94-95 Season was ridiculous, and the fact that both sides have known for a very long time that this lockout was coming is just BS. I've been a diehard Sox fan my whole life, but I'm not sure I can recover from another 
round of missed opportunities. Please talk me off the ledge. Again, that's Melissa from the pumpkin capital of the world. Shout out to Melissa. Thank you for writing in, Melissa. You can write in like Melissa, LockedOnSocks at gmail.com, or you can call in 312-566-8727. Again, that's 312-566-8727. And I'm, I'm always here to talk people off the ledge. This is White Sox therapy, and I get it. But I'm doing my best recently to try to stay positive, so I think that there's going to be some good news soon about the lockout. When we recently talked, I thought that it was going to be the owners make a proposal, then a week later, the players will make a proposal, then a week later, the owners, then a week later, the players. Now, I think it was about 10 days in between the proposals, so it's not too far off. So, I mean, still decent pace, and this is where they're currently at. Again, this is the second time that they're meeting since December Second, the owner's last proposal came on January 13th, and the players were not happy. These are the only things that leaked out from what the MLB owners offered the players. They offered to raise the league minimum salary and opening up more money for Super 2's players who have four years of arbitration instead of the normal three, which would be like Chris Bryant, who carried his free agency all the way to age 29. They also offered extra draft pick for teams that do not manipulate service time for top prospects in order to gain an extra year of control in lieu of simply paying the best players on the big league roster at all times. I found that one a bit laughable. I don't even understand it. Just just extra draft picks. Very vague. There was probably more detail in the actual legal proposal, but extra draft picks for not manipulating service time. Very, very brave of them uh, not to do that. And finally, they offered, and this is, again, what only leaked out of this proposal, further adjustments to the league's previously proposed draft lottery, which would include incentives for teams to stop extreme tanking. Now, the players obviously want money. They want money. So we'll see how they try to get that. And I think that, you know, we talked a lot about on this podcast, the possible implementation of a salary floor for some teams where you know they might need if you're an MLB team you might have to spend 100 million dollars a year on salary which would make guys like Dallas Keuchel whose contract would be 20 million dollars if he hits a certain amount of innings this year next year he would be 20 million dollars he would become a trade value because you know the Pirates are now around 35 million dollars in their cap space, you add Dallas Keuchel there, they're only at 55. They have still have a lot of salary to make up there. So Dallas Keuchel could be an interesting trade piece for the White Sox to get rid of. However, I don't think that's going to be happening. It's going to be interesting to see what unfolds from this meeting. And again, the players want money. So I think that they're probably going to look at the luxury tax threshold being raised. I think the Owners only want to raise it about $10 million over the next four years. The players want to be a little bit more aggressive and raise it around $25 million. I think that that's going to be more of their focus, but we will just have to wait and see. I'm hoping for the best, Melissa, and thank you so much for your support. I'll provide updates on the lockout and the players' proposal on our next episode this Wednesday. Again, if you want to participate in the mailbag, 312-566-8727, or you can write in at LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. 
Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolutions because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. Built Bars, get a load of this, are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozen net carbs. And again, remember, covered in 100% real chocolate. Built Bars are the protein bars that taste like a candy bar. My favorite thing about Built Bar is the options of flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted and caramel, and my favorite, mint brownie and they're always coming out with new limited time flavors so check out built.com often to see what's new go to built.com use promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off your order my girlfriend who usually is on the other side of the door of my recording thought it was 10 percent. no 15 percent off your order locked 15 at built.com Still fishing around this mailbag, trying to find the perfect one. Again, thank you for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Got one right here. Let's see who it is from. Oh, baby, it's from Mike from Indy. Hey, Phenom. Hey, Mike. First of all, congratulations on your time at the score and good luck in your next endeavors. Thank you so much, Mike. The score was fantastic to me. The score was a fantastic experience. And, uh, you know, hopefully, hey, I'm not, I'm not saying I wouldn't be back. You know, it was a great time. That door is always open and, and those people are great. I got this opportunity because of people that are there. So, yeah, we love the score. Shout out to the score. Thank you, Mike. Now, not much news from the players and owners. I know, but we talked about it. They're going to meet tomorrow. We're going to have news on Wednesday about it. But it got Mike thinking of things and about how he would like to change the league, how he would like to see a restructure of the season schedule. He thinks that teams play their division opponents an absurd amount of games. Pretty sure it's 19 games against four of the other teams. That's true. You play your division opponents 19 times each. That is 76 games of the schedule. Mike continues and says, It always seems that there's a few times a season. We have a two-week stretch of 12 to 14 games playing at Detroit, then come home for Minnesota, then Detroit, then back on the road to Minnesota. You get the idea. I'd like to cut that down to 12 games versus each divisional opponent, giving us 48 games a season, each team hosting two three-game homestands. Now, to fill in the rest of those games, let's play the rest of the league. The NBA and NHL play everyone at least twice, one at home and one on the road, and they only play 82 games a season. So let's play every non-divisional team four times a season, two-game series at home, two-game series on the road, with 48 division games, and four games against every other team. We're looking at a total of 148 games in a season. And now Mike is going to yearn because the White Sox and Braves, two storied franchise rich in history, have only played each other 18 times, and Atlanta hasn't visited the South Side since 2016. I think the rich history is talking about the fact that A.J. Pruszynski and Tyler Flowers both played for the White Sox and Braves. It is truly very, very rich. 
Mike says on a personal note, he's on a quest to see the White Sox play in all 30 stadiums, and if he doesn't make it to San Diego at the end of the season, I'll probably have to wait another four to five years for a chance, and then much rather not. Mike finishes and says, instead of filling the other 14 games, let's just cut the season down to 148. By doing this, you can probably give teams more days off so no one has to play 17 games in a row in July or August or at any point in the season for that matter. I think this would prevent injuries, save pitchers' arms, and if players are feeling good, hopefully they'll play even better. I have a few other ideas, but what are your thoughts on this proposal? Again, that is Mike from Indy. You can write in LockedOnSocks at gmail.com, or you can call in at 312-566-8727. And Mike, you are right. Teams play 19 games versus their four division opponents. That's 76 games. And then they kind of mix-match the season, kind of like the NFL, how the NFL, you know, if you're in the NFC North, you'll play the NFC South and the AFC South one season, and then you'll play the AFC West and the AFC, you know, NFC West in, in a different season, and then the other seasons and games are filled out by record. Baseball just has more of a rotating schedule, so it's like exactly how you're saying. The Braves haven't been here in, you know, five years just just because of the rotating schedule. But Mike, I'm trying to I'm not trying to one up you here, but I'm gonna not only you know, change the schedule a little bit, but with Universal DH, and we're talking about the lockout here, uh, I'm going to change up the schedule a little bit, and I'm going to change up uh, the league a little bit, because Bob Nightingale, however reliable of a source you think he is, he tweeted uh, some stuff about the Rays and their possible move to Montreal, and how it's probably dead in the water. Now, he also mentioned that Nashville and Montreal are the two sites the MLB would be looking to expand. So, if we were going to have expansion, this is what I would propose. We're going to have two divisions in each league, the American and National League, made up of eight teams. And again, this is with the league expanding, the Major League Baseball expanding to 32 teams. The first division in the American League would be made up of the Blue Jays, Yankees, Red Sox, Orioles, Montreal expansion team, Pittsburgh Pirates, the Philadelphia Phillies, and the New York Mets. Then the, you know, the kind of central division would be the White Sox, Tigers, Twins, Nashville expansion team, the Cleveland Guardians, the Milwaukee Brewers, the Cincinnati Reds, and the Chicago Cubs. Then in the National League, in their somewhat east-slash-south division, the southeast division, we have the Atlanta Braves, the Miami Marlins, the Tampa Bay Rays, the Texas Rangers, the Houston Astros, St. Louis Cardinals, Kansas City Royals, Washington Nationals, and then in the West Division out there in the National League, the San Francisco Giants, Arizona Diamondbacks, Los Angeles Dodgers, San Diego Padres, the Colorado Rockies, the Oakland A's, the Los Angeles Angels, and the Seattle Mariners. In this proposed league, these teams would play everyone outside of their division four times. So you would see each team every year, just like Mike from Indy had, you would see them four times a year. And then everyone in your division, you would play them eight times, which would give you a season of 160 games. And I think there's going to be a universal DH that's going to be implemented this year. So it just makes it easier to play every single team. And I think it would, again, 
like Mike said, provide to the rich history that baseball already has. Thank you, Mike from Indy, for writing in. And also, real quick, if you like the expansion talk from the 108 Beef Loaf, uh, did some expansion MLB realignment talk as well. Uh, the Sox Machine did uh, a thing between the MLB owners, who was played by Beef Loaf, and the MLB PA that was played by Josh Nelson. And in there, uh, Beef Loaf talked about some expansion, which uh, kind of gave me the idea to do mine. So shout out to Beef Loaf and Sox Machine for putting that out. And if you're looking for more content, definitely go check those guys out. Now, if you're an American on Sunday, you are likely watching the NFL. And if you're looking to spice up your NFL watching, then you might want to check out Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as they continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year, and Bet Online has a new updated desktop and mobile website at betonline.a. G. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Again, go to betonline.ag, their new updated desktop and mobile websites. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON to get started. BetOnline, where the game starts. Who better to get a Hall of Fame update than the guy with hashtag Bustver Burley in his Twitter bio. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson for updates on January 25th to see if Mark Burley will advance to the 2023 ballot. He is definitely not going to get in this year, but hopefully if we keep him on the ballot long enough, he will be able to sneak his way in. Now, this is a big year for the ballot. A lot of guys are coming off the ballot. This is Barry Bond's 10th year on the ballot. This is Roger Clemens' 10th year on the ballot. This is Kurt Schilling's 10th year on the ballot. And this is Sammy Sosa's 10th year on the ballot. And it looks like it's going to be close on whether we are going to have more ballots this year or last year. Right now, the Hall of Fame tracker is estimated that there have been 392 ballots cast this year. And last year, there were a total of 401 ballots cast. So it will be interesting to see how this plays out on baseball's favorite day, Taco Tuesday. All right, you called about Mark Burley. It's his second year on the ballot. Right now, there have been 168 public ballots, and on those 168 ballots, nine votes have been casted for Mark Burley, have been cast for Mark Burley. Casted? Cast. Nine votes. Nine public votes have been cast for Mark Burley. They are projecting that Mark needs 11 more votes to get him to the ever so important 5%. 5% keeps him on the ballot for 2023. So let's just do the quick math. If there's currently 392 ballots that have been cast and 168 are, you know, possible, 168, I'm sorry, are public, there are 224 that are unknown. So, you know, you can just do math in your head right now. If nine votes have been made in 168 ballots, 
224 are out there. It's likely those 11 votes that he needs have been cast. They just have not been made public. So it's very exciting. This should be a big day on Tuesday for Mark Burley. Again, you can follow me for updates on Tuesday. Hashtag bust for Burley. And I thought AJ Pruszynski was on this ballot as well, but I don't see any tracker information for him. And he was not on the 2021 ballot. So we will have to wait and see. But I don't think he was getting a lot of votes and I don't think he was making a impactful uh, mark on this ballot. Also, shout out to Andrew Jones, former White Sox. He is currently at 48.9% of the vote. This is his fifth year, so he has still time to accumulate some votes. Manny Ramirez is at 37.6 in his sixth year, and I think those are all the White Sox. I lied. There's Sammy Sosa. So let's do Sammy first out of the guys that are currently at their 10th year. He has the lowest amount of votes, 25.3%. Uh, it's not looking good for Sammy Sosa. He will need to be voted in uh, if he goes to a some sort of committee. You know, later on, he's not going to get in through the public ballots, which is, I think, a shame. Now, next, the guy with the third lowest percent out of the ten-year people that is Kurt Schilling. He has sixty point seven percent of the vote. He would need 186 votes to get to the 75% to vote him into the Hall of Fame, which would be about 83, 83%, which I I don't think is going to happen. Roger Clemens is also in his 10th year. He's at 76.4%. He needs 158 votes out of the remaining 224 ballots that that have not been made public, which is about 70.5%. And Barry Bonds is right now tracking at 77.5%. He will need 156 votes out of the remaining 224 ballots that have not made public. And that means he needs a nice number of 69.6% on those ballots to be elected into the Hall of Fame. Outside of that, no one else is really looking to get into the Hall of Fame this year, except for David Ortiz. David Ortiz right now is polling at 83.7%, 149 votes out of the 168 ballots that have been made public. He needs 64% of the vote uh, or 145 votes to be elected into the Hall of Fame to stay at that 75 above stay above that 75 percent polling range other than that it's really can clemens and bonds get in will ortiz still stay tracking high and can mark burley get to the road of five percent very exciting stuff that we will recap on wednesday we will recap the lockout news that will stem from the players and owners meeting on monday and i want to thank you for listening to locked on white Sox. again we'll talk about the owners and players meeting on wednesday and we will talk about the hall of fame on wednesday now make your second listen locked on bets your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. I'll talk to you on Wednesday here on Locked on Socks.